Dude, it's Bucky. Hello? Hey, Pass, what's up? Not too much. How's it going? Oh, uh, what's going? Did you get those pictures I sent you? Yeah, I tried to send back light the beacons, but my uh, Wi-Fi wasn't working on my laptop. What is that? Uh, I think it's an invasion. I think it's a uh, spotlight. No, it's weird because it's like there's breaks in the sky of, of like light. It's obvious light. And then like it's in every direction, but they're perfectly spaced apart. Are there like horns going off? Like, I like, I wish. Are the North Koreans dropping flyers? Like, <laughs> I would just, I would kill for an alien, alien invasion right now. <laughs> Oh, this movie was not fantastic, but not as bad as others say. What's Bright holding on IMDb right now? A 6.6. I'll say this. For a $90 million movie, this was not great. Yeah, for $90 million, it should have been a little bit better. Like, to me, this rang... Like, if you told me it was 90 million, I wouldn't have believed you, because it makes me wonder what the fuck went into production. Where, where's the money? <laughs> Show us the money, Lebowski. Like, what, <laughs> yeah, like, that's like, I was kind of wondering it the whole time. I was like, okay, if there's truly $90 million in this movie, 60 of it had to go to Will Smith. Show us the money, David Ayer. Because this, to me, is like a $15 million movie, $20 million movie tops. I feel like it should have been so much cooler. Like, there should have been better effects. Like, Everything seems so low budget, didn't it? Maybe a second draft at the screen. Maybe, <laughs> maybe have someone revised this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, splurge a little. Which is strange, too, because, like, David Ayers is no slouch. Mm. He's just been making bad movies for the past couple years. But End of Watch is a really good movie. I mean, Training Day is great. He did Training Day? Yeah. Oh, shit. He's really hit. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, this is like... He has a... To me, he has a very strange directing history. Because, like, Fury is a good movie. Do you think that they thought this was a good movie? like, Or when do you think they realized it wasn't? Um, When did they realize this wasn't a good movie? I would say... <sighs> well, whoever bought the script, like whoever worked for Netflix and paid $3 million for a script on spec, like should have been fired immediately. That's so ridiculous. Yeah, so there's there's part of the money right there. There's like, three million dollars like, of the ninety. A three million dollar script on spec is unheard of. There's three percent of your budget. Like that's just absolutely unheard of. Like, um, like an insane bidding war is like one million, maybe one point two, but three? That's asinine. Does that so did that include like any future iterations of the property? Because I feel like they, I mean, I feel like this is like world building. Like they thought there'd be like mini series and follow up movies. And well, I think they thought there were going to be like four of them. That's what I'm saying. It's like when they paid 3 million bucks, 
Was that just for? You think they're paying for every property? Uh, Like, yeah, I don't know, or the rights. Like we, like we're paying you for the, for all the rights to Bright. (laughs) This is the number two most popular movie on IMDb right now. Is it really? That's what it says. What's number one, Jedi? How do you do that? I don't know. It just says popularity number two, up fifteen. When do you want to start recording? I already started. <laughs> this is spoilers. Right. Welcome to spoilers. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that intro. Yeah, we got going uh, today. We're here to talk about the latest Netflix, Netflix, Netflix movie, Bright. Uh, Stevie and I have done Okja early this year. Okja! Okja! Now we're here to follow up with what's supposed to be, I guess, Netflix's big blockbuster type film, Bright. Supposed to be. I mean, do you know how Netflix makes money outside of subscribers? Like, do they, how do they track how much money they're making on movies? I have no idea. I mean, I think it's just more of, I would guess that all of the press that's around this movie, even though it's so bad, is probably helping. I guess maybe we should introduce ourselves. I'm Pappy from Denver. And I am Stevie from Elkhart. And if I like disappear and I'm missing like all my clothes, it's because aliens invaded Elkhart tonight. I'm house-sitting for my aunt and uncle once again, and their dogs have been acting super strange. And like, there's like these light beams shooting down from the sky in every direction that I cannot describe. It's like some so, close encounters type. Yeah, stuff. I'm just waiting for horns to go off and like maybe like see like trucks being lifted into the sky. That's all I'm waiting for. So the task at hand, though, bright. I think this is one of the worst movies of the year. You say you wouldn't go that far. Um. Well, it evens out for the fact of the budget they had, which was a ninety million dollars. That's pre-script. Million dollars. Ninety million. Um, the cast they had to work with, which I mean, Joel Edgerton is a really good actor. It's kind of. It, it makes it it's baffling to me why he agreed to do this. Maybe he didn't read the script. Ninety million dollars is twenty get outs. <laughs> to put that in perspective. <laughs> and get out was twenty times the movie that Bright was. I wouldn't call this the worst movie of the year, but when you look at it in its context of the cast that it had and the budget that it had, it's crazy to me that they couldn't pull off a better movie. I think it's the one of the things that's hurting this movie is the controversy around Max Landis that apparently now that he's been accused of a sexual assault and that sort of coincided with the release of this movie. But I think part of it too is that the dialogue in this movie is so clunky and weird. Like they're always trying to like explain things and like I mean like it's been oft said, but like the fairy lives don't matter at the beginning of the movie, like some of it's just a little ridiculous for me. Fairy lives don't matter today. Well, that and there's nothing left to the imagination to the viewer of like what could be or what is. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's like 100% of the dialogue is exposition. 
explaining every scene what's going on. Ain't nothing over here but rich ass elves just running the world and shopping. I guess we should also explain what what that kind of means is that there's like three classes of society. Yeah, there's it's I, orc, I talked to you talked to this to you about about it earlier. This is like the most derivative movie of all time. So picture Lord of the Rings actually happened. I want this to be my Star Wars. And that I'm going to be spamming elf. the Max Landis. This could be my Star Wars clip, but go ahead. My oh my <laughs> God. What a pretentious douchey thing to say, but picture Lord of the Rings happened. You have orcs, humans, elves, and fairies. Mm-hmm. And one of the dogs wants a treat. Forgive little Remy. He's it's like if Lord hungry. of the Rings was the Bible. Yeah. It's but like the Bible. And now there's mythical different classes. At this point. Yeah. And, you know, because orcs chose this so-called Dark Lord, you know, there's they have their own faction and humans don't trust them and they don't trust humans. Elves, much like they are in Lord of the Rings, are very pompous, all-knowing, high fashion. Man is man and fairy lives don't matter. Once you go Dark Lord, you never go back. That and... I think Los Angeles was po- probably the worst setting for this movie, don't you? Well, like so much of it focuses on the LAPD, but it's just so right. Ham- but it's just so ham-fisted that like the orcs are representative of like minorities, probably like specifically they're representative black of Latino gang members. Yeah, that's, that's just how I'm gonna put it. Yeah, well, it's just so like on the nose, like so on the nose. But it's weird though too because you also still have like, like gangs too because like Will Smith references like Crip Walk Your Way Out of Here a couple times too. So it's kind of like this extra layer of poverty. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to explain. It's, yeah. Mean, yeah, and meanwhile, even, you have these elves. There's even factions yeah. of the orcs where there's like the round tooth bullshit and the blooded bullshit. We never got bled in and at the it's, end. Yeah, it's like orcs have to earn their stripes of doing something heroic to get their fangs. What you did tonight, that's what it takes for an orc to get blooded. An act of great bravery. <sighs> yeah, and so then the elves, though, are like the one percenters. Like the, they are. But the yeah, they are the class. Rodeo Drive yeah. like class of L.A. They're driving that sports way. cars. Yeah, they're kind of running stuff. They're the feds, but in this uh, this plot is super clunky because it, it tries to be smart and have a lot of subplots to it, but it's just not. Mm-hmm. It makes everything really awkward, and like you said before, the dialogue is just super clunky because it it has to explain it itself out of every scene. There's not just any natural movement where you can watch a character and go oh, this is probably what he's doing. It's like Will Smith has to say something, then do something, and narrate himself while he's doing it so the, so the viewer can actually understand what's going on. What the fuck is you squaring off on, bitch? Not to mention you have this MacGuffin of the wand, oh, which is so, so like, bad. <laughs> so, so obviously set up that like Will Smith is going to be able to like wield the wand because he is a bright... like. Explain the wand! Okay, so the wand, I think they even say it. it's like a nuclear bomb that grants wishes. Um, yeah. It's it's like a legendary type figure. Like most people probably wouldn't even think that wands exist, but like. It's the ring to mm-hmm. rule them all. Right. And it ends up being like the whole MacGuffin of the plot. Like, 
these Latino, actual Latino gang members want it. Then some like orcs kind of like want want it too. But like the real threat are these fairies who want it, right? Elves. Elves, sorry, not fairies or something. Yeah, there's like these rogue elves, aka what? It's a lot of references to Lord of the Rings bullshit, but. I want this to be my Star Wars. It's like this evil faction of rogue elves that there's three wands, and if you get all three, you can raise the Dark Lord again. Um, Like the mystery box from uh, uh, Justice League. Pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it's just. um, There is some really. I don't know what the writer or director is going going for but the movie lost all trust with me when they arrest that homeless bum who's naked and he looks at joel edgerton's uh what's his name jacoby yeah jacoby he looks at jacoby and he's like you know you're a part of the prophecy and so is he and it's like okay this is just getting really dumb now hola pasoda sorben is that orcish? Well, then, then like, just, like, mention, like, the whole ham-fisted thing. Like, in the scene before, it's Will Smith's first day back on the job. And, like, LAPD has, like, these orcs on the ground. And they're kicking them and, like, beating the shit out of them. And Will Smith looks at Jacoby, who's an orc. And he's like, you're not going to tell anybody, right? And it's like, okay, why, why are they just, like, now having this conversation? It's so weird. But then they go to a human who's like slashing a sword around and like the people are all like, Oh, it's no big deal. Like blah, 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 blah. Like they're just trying to show like the way LAPD treats different races, but they're beating you over the fist with like literally different mythological. Right. And the weakest subplot was there's like this toss up in the air. Like the whole subplot to this is Will Smith is just getting like, He's getting back on the force now. He was off because um, this rogue orc put a shotgun through his chest. And he was wondering because uh, Jacoby was buying burritos for them that when Jacoby gave chase to that rogue orc, he just let him go. Ugh. And he did let him go, apparently. He said, right? He did let him go. And you knew the whole time that Jacoby had nothing to do, that there was no suspense in that subplot. And it it was just a waste of time to be honest with you. It was like that um it was like that Star Wars casino scene in The Last Jedi. It just kinda really gave nothing to anything. And that and that brings up another point too, and this is like a movie trip that's been coming up more and more lately that's really starting to piss me off, is like either an overt resurrection or an off screen resurrection. And this movie does goes for not one, but two resurrections. Like Jacoby is literally saved at one point by the wand in that scene that you're referencing where like the the orc he saves is gonna like bleed him in or like, kill him so he can like bleed him. Then the he gang. decides not to because orcs yeah. can't kill orcs or some bullshit. Yeah, and like he owes him a life debt, so then the dad kills him and then the sort of like fish out of water like, <laughs> elf who's like kind of like tagging along with them and is always like Hugging up against a wall for some reason. Like, she's always pressed against a wall. <laughs> Every scene that she's in. I don't know why. I want she, this to be my Star Wars. Why is You're she right. That? It's like um, the ground's going to fall underneath her, and she's always holding on to dear life from a wall. Yeah, like, she's ready for, like, the big one to hit at Yeah, she's ready for the ground just to fall <laughs> yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. So she, she resurrects Jacoby in that scene, and then that 
effort this is actually very last jedi sounding like that effort like takes so much out of her that she she kind of is like weakened and then she like eventually dies in like an explosion kind of but then she doesn't like you see her at the end so like i'm just getting so tired of like characters giving their life and then like popping back up later in the movie like it's, it's so devaluing it's like the leia thing yeah and it just yeah like yeah i want this to be my star wars <laughs> this movie did have some cool shots because david ayers is a very stylistic director <laughs> but like this is like i don't know what he's going for because suicide squad was utter shit in this movie, he'd had he had to have realized shooting this movie that it was going to be impossible to like put this together cohesively. It's kind of ugly. Like it's kind of brown, and then there's like all of a sudden like super bright colors that don't seem to like fit in with everything else. Like it's like it wanted know. to go for a gritty movie, but it looks very, I guess, like clean and bland. I mean, is that? Is that what you would say? Just kind of there? Yeah, it's just there's nothing special about it. And I guess it was released in theaters so that way they could get that um get that Oscar nom. Yeah, that for your consideration status, but like maybe that would have helped too seeing it in theaters. Ah uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. This <laughs> is um let's go over the dialogue, because a lot of this movie's faults is the writing. I mean the writing is not fantastic at all. Uh, Max Landis did a pretty decent job of creating a world. I mean, it's kind of cool, like, hey, what if Lord of the Rings was like set in present day? How would the factions be working? It's kind of cool to think about that. Mm-hmm. But then you go into how he executed it, and the dialogue is like bad 80s cop comedy Bloody drama cop. yeah you all right uh, yeah no holes huh uh, only the ones that i was born with how are your holes the fuck can you make a shootout awkward i mean everything it's like what he's going for is for jacoby's character and will's uh Jolgerton's character and will smith's character to have like bounce off dialogue kind of like hit him with a serious question, hit him with a one-liner, then there's another one-liner back and forth, and eventually their their chemistry will grow. But it's like any time they would throw dialogue at each other, it's like it would just like hit the ground immediately. Well, it's like it keeps the movie keeps reminding you of the rules that it needs to establish in order for the plot to be effective. Like they probably say don't touch the wand. 20 times in this movie you know what i mean like to the point only where it's a like, bright can handle the wand so now it's like okay i know for a fact that someone's gonna touch the wand that's gonna be fine like like you can't say it that many times like i wish i don't know i wish the movie would have been a little bit more confident in either a trying to be less less funny with jacoby because it's always it still comes back to that like awkward humor with him like just pick a little bit more confident be a little bit harder or like don't waste so much of the characters talking like with exposition. Like I know I always bitch about like a narration scene or something, but like maybe this, this is a two hour movie. Maybe if we like could have cut out 20 minutes of clunky dialogue with a five minute, you know, opening narration or something. You know, it would have been really neat. Hmm. Um, 
had Jacoby's character not said like a single word to Will Smith for like the first like 40 minutes, just kind of make him, I wouldn't say like mysterious and silent, but just put an awkward footing in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would have been neat. Um, well, let's be, yeah, because you're, you're overwhelmed by his character because like one, he's an orc, and then two, he's like, do you want the red sauce or the green sauce? Like your mind can't like process like, the humor and like what what it's what's going on here like you know it was very clunky and i absolutely hate that scene where they take that homeless guy in and the wizardry of magic people this is a whole different faction within the elves now which is just ridiculous um are interviewing him and they're talking about wands and they go over the whole thing. All the uh, rules. Uh, they go over dump. the entire yeah. rules of the movie. And it is just so unnatural. Like, what would have been a cool movie? Have the same backdrop and have Will Smith be kind of a normal guy that comes across a wand and finds out this normal guy can handle a wand. And Jacoby is a cop. And it's Jacoby's job kind of like an escape from L.A. type situation to get him out of the city safely. Right. Or That, that would have been yeah. cool. Yeah, or you can just like remove the wands altogether, make it like a straight buddy cop, like L.A. story, take out all of the magic, but like leave like the overt class stuff and even like tease the wands for like a second movie or something. But like it's just trying to do too much. Like that the movie's overwhelmed. You're right. It's trying to do too much in two hours. And I think this movie would have been so much better fit for a series. Like a six so episode, eight episode miniseries tops. Because then you can like dole out the information more slowly and more confidently build the story. Like, Right. I don't... Yeah, this was um, a super miss. Uh, do you have any other ways you would have fixed it besides everything we just hit? I really hate the whole parts with the the cop, the cops too, because like outside of Will Smith and Jacoby, like all of the cops are like beyond crooked. Like they're like, let's murder these two cops tonight. Like it just comes so out of left field. Like, yeah, it <laughs> it it happens. It's pretty ham. It happens pretty immediately, doesn't? Of we found a wand, we have to kill these two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story the story is like so much about like the racism and then like also like this like over the top magical world building. Like it those should have been like side plots to like a straight story with all this other weird stuff in the background. It would have been so much more effective, but were there any parts of this movie that you did like? Ooh, any parts that <laughs> I did like. I got one. Uh I liked the Joe Rogan scene at the very beginning. A lot of stab wounds lately. There's, uh, we had this homeless guy come in and throwing equipment everywhere. <laughs> Wild. A lot of traffic accidents. And uh, what about that cop? The older guy, he coded out. That's on an me. orc that's now in the LAPD force. How does that work? He's not blooded. He's not part of any blooded clan. He's like a finger that got cut off the hand. He's dead to us. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. Like one, they're watching like a live Joe Rogan podcast at eleven o'clock in the morning, like before they go to work. I don't know who does that, but Joe Rogan's like 
So tell me about this orc on the cat force. So it's like he's talking about Will Smith's specific partner. And then in the background where Jimi Hendrix usually is on Joe Rogan's wall. Yeah, it's, yeah, like some, yeah. it's like some orc has like replaced him. Like it's so over the top. Like in this world, Jimi Hendrix is an orc. Can we please tweet shit at Joe Rogan? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll tag him in this. Yeah, we'll please tag him. Because like... Joe Rogan is such a smart and cool dude, and he doesn't need the money. The only thing I can think of is Netflix probably didn't even have like a script, like a full full blood script at this point, and they're just like, "Hey, here's the outline." And I'm sure Joe was like, "This sounds pretty cool." You know what I mean? Why? But why is he in this? Like, and if they had to pay him like any substantial amount of money like that was a waste <laughs> like, that was a waste of funds for this film like that's where a lot of the 90 mil went joe rogan <laughs> will smith joe rogan max Landis, landis and joel edrington and this is what really bothers me is because joel edrington is one of my favorite actors not just because he's in jeff nichols movie but a lot a lot of it has to do is because he's in jeff nichols uh movies he's awesome but, um, he's so great. he's a good actor and the character, his character Jacoby, displays none of his good acting because he is given absolutely nothing to work with. I I just wish he wasn't trying to be so funny. Like he he does kind of emote some things, like when the other cops are being racist, I and mean, he might be one of the better parts of the movie. I Kevin think Will he Smith, is but... probably the best part of this movie. But the things that they're asked to do are just so ridiculous. But <laughs> so, do you have anything that you did like? Other than Joel, is that is that what you're going with? Joel Edgerton. Um, let me think here off the top of my head. I did like um, that chase out of the hood when like the Latin Kings want to want that one that dude in the wheelchair. Yeah, that kind of reminded me of Breaking Bad, the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, um, that that chase was pretty cool. Um, I like that scene where Will Smith shoots the four cops kind of off screen <laughs> tell me what order they're in or something like yeah that. uh just the you like red dead redemption like paints his shots like yeah it's it was a stylish shot it looked neat um but other than that uh there's a lot of hate for this movie i can look past a lot of things in a film but bad like good acting cannot save bad writing Max and this Landis. movie was littered with bad writing i want this to be my star wars so is that going to be a no for you yeah uh i will not return to this movie um but I, you're not saying it's one of the worst of the year not that bad not the circle n- bad i will say this i will say the circle is the worst movie i've ever seen in theaters <laughs> i will say that to the day i die um that movie was a cluster fuck. Uh, this movie is a cluster fuck as well, but not on that level. But just um, if the sexual assault doesn't sideline Max Landis's career, or the fact that his father is a murderer, um, this movie alone will. This was such an amateur bullshit job that if his last name wasn't Landis, there's no way Netflix would have ever bought this movie. So this is a no. Well, I think you bring up a good point there that John Landis is a murderer, but it's also going to be a no <laughs> for me. Uh, I I have this like way low on the list, like it, but it's almost like it's a so bad it's funny type thing. Like 
it's not not entertaining. It's just so ridiculous. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I laughed at the movie, but not with the movie. With so. it, yeah. And I think you and I brought up better plots in this movie. This movie shelled out. Like, if you want to make like a like a faction kind of backdrop and make like a realistic stylistic setting, like or a story you can put through, cool. But they went too far in on the mystical stuff to make this even like worth watching well the problem is if you're gonna do world building in a film you don't have time to do it in the way that this movie tries to do like like you said this movie's trying to like do world building but more on the scale of like a mini series where like all of the dialogue is dedicated to that if you're gonna try to build a universe like it really has to be like minimalistic dialogue that's doing that world building and more of like what the characters like see and do and like let the audience kind of like fill in the gaps but like it's just like such a slog for like them to explain things to each other over and over and over again like it's like they live in this world they shouldn't have to explain yeah. the rules to one another you know what i mean yeah like i don't get up on tuesday and be like oh the bus comes every day at 8 30 you can take the bus to work <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, that's like other people talking this like oh don't run a red light you get a ticket from a police officer like it's a no. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is a no. Um I'm not pissed off that I watched it, but I'm pissed off the fact that ninety million dollars was spent on this and it looks cheap as hell. I mean some movies you can tell, wow, this was expensive. They took their time with it, they paid their CGA guy CGI guys well. Uh they spent you know, they spent time on a script. Mm-hmm. And if Max Landis calls this his Star Wars, God help him, because whatever is beneath that is not not worth the watch. This was like also the highest uh, script ever bought on spec, right? On it was the it was the uh, yeah the costliest. Script I think we talked about ever, that on an earlier yeah, episode. Ever caught on spec or ever uh, paid for on spec? Three mil. That's insane. It's a lot of money. For a movie, it's as I, as I said earlier, 1.2 is like in a heavy bidding war. 1.5 is for someone who knows what they're doing is worth their salt. Three is just asinine. I hope whoever was like, we should buy this at Netflix loses their job. Seriously, they do not deserve to be reading scripts and pointing out which ones are good and which ones are bad. So up and down here for Netflix, then you got Mudbound at the top. Oakja kind of more Did you see middle. Mark? Did you see Mudbound? Not yet. No. I'm having oh, a hard time. I know it's going to be sad. <laughs> it, it is sad and the biggest villain in the movie is named Pappy. Uh, oh. But um yeah, I I still have uh, Mudbound as my best picture winner if it gets nominated. All right, well we're going to have an Oscar Pick'em show talk about all of that. I guess we can go ahead and wrap this episode of spoilers up. Yeah, um, let's kind of, I'm going to do like a small little breakdown here. Does David Ayers, the guy who's did, the guy who did End of Watch, great cop movie, just did Bright, terrible cop movie. Uh, what does he have coming on the line besides Bright? Hopefully not Bright 2 and 3 as a director. I hope he gets back into writing more than directing because he is a very, he's a decent writer. Oh, let me see here. It's, uh, Gotham City Sirens is his next direct director. Look at DC um, thing, yeah. Oh no, it's gonna be another Suicide Squad bullshit. Margot Robbie's in it. Jared Leto's in it. 
They're gonna pull Fun. a plug on it, I think. And like, what's that? I bet you they pulled a plug on him directing this Gotham City Sirens thing. DC doesn't know what they're doing. They've announced more projects than they're ever gonna do. So yeah, that's true. Uh, what's Will Smith got coming up? Um, I hope he comes out as a Scientologist sooner or later, just he to was, be truth, truthful he to himself. The worst part of the movie, you know what I mean? Like, okay, Bad Boys for Life is coming out. It's oh, he's an Aladdin. He's a genie. That's the big one, right? That's filming. Um, he's doing a movie called Spies in Disguise. If that's anything like that movie Focus, I will not be seeing that. And he's doing a Bad Boys 4. So you have two more Bad Boys movies announced. <laughs> and his last movies have been Focus, Concussion, Suicide Squad, Collateral Beauty, and Brights. His career is on the decline. Do you think Will Smith thought that he had a chance at an Oscar nomination from this role? <laughs> I think he like he went for it all on Collateral Beauty. Yeah. And I think he swung concussion. for the fences and missed hard. Although Joel Edgerton, he's got uh, that Gringo movie coming up. I think that looks pretty good. What's it about? Oh, uh, Gringos. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it's about? <laughs> I don't know. It looked like some. I saw the tra- trailer the other day. It looked okay. So we'll see. Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Gringo. Ooh, Red Sparrow. I heard that's going to be really good. Yeah. So, um. Is that two no's for Bright? This movie is spoiled. Two no's and somewhere near the bottom of the list of worst I, movies. I will give this bottom three movies. I, I have think... it the worst, but I haven't seen a Mochi movie. Okay, but let's as as hyped as far as hyped movies go, I will put uh I will give Bright third from the bottom, a cure for wellness second from the bottom, and circle the circle absolute bottom of the barrel. Do you think that we're gonna get a bright two? Because right now, I mean, on it's got a 6.6 on IMDb. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 30 from critics. But from audience, it's got an 89%. Dude, that's a misguided audience. That's like people just liking Will Smith. It's the anti-Justice League. Or it's the anti-Last Jedi. The only person I would trust doing a Bright 2... To write and direct would be David Fincher, and he will never touch this franchise if that it's ever a franchise. That so, could be awesome. <laughs> like David Fincher helming a bright would be like something be like that would be amazing. The stuff he would do with it. He's such a good director. He's one of my favorite directors of all time. But he's busy with Mindhunter right now, and uh, I don't think he'll ever touch this. So. Well, I think at the end of the day, just because it was Max Landis's baby, and that now he's wrapped up in those uh, implications, and it seems like you know how been... you, you know how you always read stories, yeah, like you always like because like you and I are nowhere near Los Angeles or like have like you know what I mean have any really connection to L.A., but no, he's nothing. one of the people you always heard stories about being the biggest asshole. Yeah, and like for a while now, there's been like subtweets about him, but. A couple of articles have run, so I, I just feel like 
because he is not the auteur of the film, but like he is the like constructor of the universe. Like, there's no way they're gonna invest any more money in a name like that. Like, no. No, way. I, I think uh, I think he'll probably go to television for quite some time. I, Which, I think yeah. he, I think his film writing career is done. Which just makes all the more crazy too is that like Netflix put ninety million dollars into what's essentially just like this exposition dump of this universe and now they can't do anything <laughs> about it. Like it's so much exposition. <laughs> like yeah, what a, it's just a waste. Like but. there I, you can do world building without talking. That's what makes great writers. Like, okay, you know what was cool? Is that a couple of the cops are just centa- centaurs. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Like that's they don't need to explain Focus that. Focus like, on those guys. Yeah, we, I don't need a line saying like, "Oh, you know, some cops can be centaurs too." <laughs> like, you don't need to say anything. Just have it there. Like, my brain can figure it out. Like, or have Internal Affairs come in and say, "Hey, we need this guy off the force." More subplot. Have like all the Internal Affairs guys like be like leprechauns or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like, they look like. Yeah, just <laughs> some, something different. Like I don't know, but to wrap this up absolutely ridiculous movie don't waste your time on it um joel edgerton i expect an apology note or at least a tweet saying i don't know why i did this didn't read the script and uh david ayers go back to train do do something you're comfortable with don't get out of the superhero mode and max lannis will never have to see you again nope bye sucker this was spoilers Take it away, spoilers. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. Please don't forget to leave us a review. That was spoilers. Hey, guys. This is Josh. Uh, I was too busy looking at the ice pillars last night in northern Indiana to be on the pod bright. Uh, But I give this movie a surprising yes. It was a fun ride. I went into it just expecting a B movie because of how bad the reviews are. And the B movie it was. Lots of laugh out loud moments. Some of them are definitely at the film, especially when they're trying to push kind of uh, the legend narrative of 2000 years ago, Dark Lord. And I still don't know what an unblood or blooded orc is. I got no idea. And I think that was the main plot point. But anyway, uh, Seth, yes. Uh, have a good night, guys. Bye. I want this to be my Star Wars.